Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. So in this episode, I will review the Tuesday night game as LSU took on Central Arkansas and preview the highly anticipated SEC home series as the Arkansas Razorbacks visit Baton Rouge. In addition, I will take a look at the key Arkansas hitters and pitchers that you should be aware of. I will give you my three keys to the weekend, who makes the get right, stay right list, my series prediction, and then finally, the SEC rundown. So as always, you can find the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, all those other major audio platforms. If you are viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on any of the content throughout the season. And then finally, the Twitter account is at 60FT6INLSUPod. In case you missed the last episode, I would highly recommend you go watch it or go listen to it as I got a chance to interview two LSU baseball legends, my friends and teammates, Eddie Furness and Blair Barbier. We talked about a ton of different things, really focusing on the pressure and expectations they felt as they both started as freshmen in the SEC. What's it like to hit some of the pitchers they face, maybe specifically how they would approach Paul Skeens. And then I got those two great hitters take on the current LSU lineup and their approach at the plate. As always, the podcast, those links are available on the Twitter account and podcast and YouTube versions, or you can just go check out the YouTube page and it's right there on the home page for you. So let's get into it. Let's review last night's game as LSU takes a 10 to four victory over central Arkansas. In this game, we saw Blake Money start. So on the night, Money goes three and two-thirds, three hits, four runs, four earned, one walk, and two Ks. And I thought it was good to see Money get a chance to start. Overall, I thought he did a pretty good job. He just had one really a little bit of a rough inning. But besides that, his first three inning, first three innings were golden. He went, I think, nine up, nine down. He threw the ball really well. You saw him mix in a fastball, curveball, and a little bit of a slider. And I don't think he really ran out of gas in the fourth. It was just a little bit of bad luck. In the fourth inning, Dylan Cruz missed a fly ball in the lights, which resulted in a double. Central Arkansas then hits a triple to follow up and a sacrifice fly, and that gave them two runs in that inning. But the the key to me was after Money gets an out, so you have nobody on base, two outs, Money issues a two-out walk. I think four pitches in a row. That brings up another Central Arkansas hitter who then hits a two-run home run, and after that, Money got pulled from the game, and that's how he happened to get his four runs. To me, the biggest killer wasn't necessarily the Cruz error, because that was the first batter of the inning. It was more so the two-out free pass. But after money, you saw Griffin Herring come in, and he looked really, really good. So Herring, a freshman left-handed pitcher from Southlake, uh, a Dallas suburb. Herring goes two and a third innings pitch, one hit in three Ks, and you saw him flash his low 90s fastball with a very good slider. And I wouldn't be surprised if Herring gets a midweek start next week and he starts to factor into the bullpen during SEC play. You also saw Gavin Gidry get an inning, Sammy Dutton get an inning, Bryce Collins got on the mound, and he unfortunately continues to struggle for the Tigers this year. He just can't seem to get right. He struggles with his command. He ended up getting that bases loaded jam in the ninth with LSU winning 10-4, to and Jay Johnson had to pull him to bring in Helmers, who got the K to end the game. On the hitting side of things, saw Pearson lead off the game. He starts off the game with a single as Paxton Kling got the night off, and then that man, Dylan Cruz, Follows Pearson's leadoff single up with a cruise missile to give LSU a two to nothing lead. LSU strikes right back in the second on a really nice bunt by Malazzo, who got the start behind the dish. And you can imagine that was coming with Brady Neal catching all three games in College Station this weekend. Malazzo lays down a bunt. 
to score a run. LSU's up 3-0. Money gives up those four runs. But in the fifth, excuse me, in the fourth, LSU evens it up. Thompson gets a double. Pearson ends up driving him in. And in the fifth, you see Jordan Thompson hit a three-run blast, which really gave LSU some breathing room as they took a 7-4 lead. They end up tacking on three more runs. But Thompson, probably the MVP on the night, he had a great night, hit the ball hard. He was two for five with a double at a home run and three RBIs. But you also saw Pearson with two hits. Cruz had two hits. Morgan hit the ball really well out of the four hole as they moved a lot of people up in the lineup. And um, you just saw, you know, the it was kind of a ho-hum, workman-like effort. They did struggle with a lefty who was throwing about 75 miles an hour. But to me, a little bit of overreaction by the fan base because they're never going to see a guy like that probably for the rest of the season, really. And um, in the end, they got it done. They went 10-4. They checked that box. Uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't go undefeated in midweek games this year. That should be the goal every year. But uh, LSU now turns their attention to Arkansas, and that's what we're going to do right here on the podcast. Let's get into that Arkansas preview. So Arkansas won last night as well as they beat Southeast Missouri State 12-2. to They moved to 18-2 on the year. Previously in SEC play, while LSU was in College Station battling the Aggies, Arkansas was sweeping Auburn up in Fayetteville. Currently, the Hogs are ranked anywhere from three to fifth in the national baseball polls. So they are a very good team under Dave Van Horn. That should come as no surprise to LSU and SEC baseball fans. And when you look at it, Arkansas has really owned LSU the past three seasons. Take the COVID year out of it. But LSU is only two wins in their last nine games versus the Hogs. So two and seven, their last three series versus Arkansas. And they actually got swept last year in Fayetteville. When you look at their non-conference schedule, I believe Arkansas did have a tougher slate than LSU as Arkansas started off in the college baseball showdown and they beat Texas and Oklahoma State. They have also hosted Louisiana Tech for a three-game series in Fayetteville, which the Hogs swept all three of those. They had UNLV come in for a midweek series. Arkansas beat those guys two games uh, during that series, a Tuesday and Wednesday. And UNLV was a very good team last year. They could really hit. And then when you look at this year's Arkansas team, when I did the SEC preview podcast, I was really excited about their pitching. They've had some injuries on the pitching front, but they've still been able to maintain that staff. It's a very talented staff, and uh, they've done a good job just getting results and having guys fill in spots um, and fill in the pieces as they mix and match until some of those guys with injuries come back. Let's look at some of the team stats. So how does LSU and Arkansas stack up against each other? And then when you look at the rest of the SEC. Now, these stats are before Tuesday night's games. Hitting, Arkansas is hitting 307 as a team, which is good for eighth in the conference. And then when you look at LSU, they're hitting 330 as a team, currently good for second in the SEC. LSU continues to hit the ball well in terms of slugging, their fifth in slugging percentage. They should lead the SEC in on-base percentage. It's one of the top five teams in the country in on-base percentage is LSU. In terms of home runs and doubles, both the teams match up very well. They almost have the same amount of home runs and doubles together. The Hogs, they do not strike out a lot. They don't bunt. They actually bunt less than LSU, if you can imagine that. But they do hit into a lot of double plays. In terms of run production, LSU actually leads the country, the entire country, at scoring 11.1 runs per game, while Arkansas, on the other hand, averages 8.8 .8 runs per game. When you look at pitching, LSU is second in the SEC with a 2.62 team ERA. They are first in opposing batting average only allowing other hitters to hit 177 against that Tiger pitching staff. 
Tables have turned a little bit for Arkansas in those two categories. Arkansas is actually second to last with a 250 batting average against. So not great for the Hawks. Here's your gold plated money stat of the weekend. Arkansas has struck out the least amount of opposing batters in the SEC. Dead last in terms of strikeouts of opposing batters. They have allowed the third most home runs in the SEC as well. And then finally, the last part of the gold plated money stats, Arkansas is allowing leadoff hitters for the opposing team to reach base 37% of the time. So hopefully LSU can take advantage of the home runs, the hits given up, and then finally the ability to get leadoff runners on base versus the Arkansas pitching staff. Fielding, LSU still remains, I think they're number two, and oh, actually they're number one in the country, I believe, one or two. And then, but they're definitely number one in the SEC when you look at fielding percentage. Arkansas is middle of the pack in the SEC because they have a 975 fielding percentage. Now, when you take a look at some of the key pitchers, this is very different than the way Arkansas staff was supposed to look. In February, the Hogs lost their number two starter, right-handed pitcher Jackson Wiggins, as he has gone on to get Tommy John surgery. And after about two weeks in the season, I think, they have lost closer Brady Tigart. Tigart was a freshman last year. He was phenomenal, shutting the game down in the eighth and the ninth. He has been sidelined with some elbow soreness, and he is out probably for about another two to three weeks. So two big pieces that have been taken off the table in terms of the Arkansas pitching staff. And the reason why that's big is because in doing the preview pod uh, a couple months ago and reading some of the articles, Head coach Dave Van Horn for Arkansas felt like this pitching staff was his most talented and his deepest that he's had at Arkansas. And that's saying a lot, especially when you look at the success they've had over the past decade, then the number of arms they have really put out over the past decade as well. So who are some names that you should be aware of that LSU hitters will face? So on Friday night, it's going to be left-handed pitcher. Don't roll your eyes too bad. They only have two of them, but they're two very good ones. It looks like it's going to be Hunter Holen. Who started last? Who has started? Uh, he did start last weekend versus Auburn. I apologize on Friday night. But Hunter Holland, left-handed pitcher, is going to start against Skeens on Friday night. He is three and zero on the year with a 1.17 ERA. That's a fabulous number that he is putting up. Four games started for Holland. 23 innings pitched, 11 hits, 16 walks, 34 Ks. So he's got some really good stuff, and he has a 143 batting average against. So very good stuff from Hunter Holland. On Saturday, LSU will face right-handed pitcher Will McIntyre. Now, the thing with McIntyre that I've heard and read about is he's got a low 90s fastball, but he really does a good job in terms of pitchability. Meaning he's got three to four pitches for strikes that he can throw him any time in the count, behind in the count, almost like a Thatcher Hurd type guy. Entering the contest, McIntyre has a 3.71 ERA. He's 4-0 on the year with five games started, 26 and two-thirds innings pitched. He has given up 27 hits now, so about a hit an inning. And he does have less, uh, he is not quite up to the standards in terms of when you look at K's per inning. So 26 and two thirds innings pitched, 22 K's for Will McIntyre. He did throw a complete game versus Louisiana Tech two weekends ago. So that's pretty impressive early in the season for him to get nine innings to keep his pitch count down and to shut down a good Bulldog baseball team. Now, the wild card is going to be Sunday. So last weekend versus Auburn. Arkansas took one of their best bullpen arms. His name is Cody Adcock. He's a right-handed pitcher and moved him into the starting rotation. Against Auburn on Sunday, Adcock went six innings pitched, one hit, six Ks. So very impressive. 
And on the year, Adcock has 10 appearances. He's 2-1 with a 5.30 ERA, 18 and two-thirds innings pitch with 20 Ks. But this is odd because last weekend, Dave Van Horn decided to take what had been Arkansas's Friday night ace, left-handed pitcher Hagen Smith. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. Because last year, as a freshman, Smith dominated LSU on Sunday. Last year, he threw seven innings pitched, two hits, and seven Ks. He has a mid-90s fastball with a very good breaking ball, and he comes at you, and you better be ready to hit that fastball. But he has had some walk problems this year. So the walks have crept up more so than they did last year. And if you want to know how good Smith was last year as a freshman, so in 2022, Hagen Smith went 7-2 and with 15 games started, a 4.66 ERA. He had 90 Ks in 77 and a third innings pitch. So it's going to be interesting to see because what you saw Arkansas do last weekend is Hunter Holland started on Friday. He threw six innings. But then Hagen Smith came out of the bullpen and finished that game versus Auburn. So he threw the remaining three innings to help secure that win. And then after his three innings pitch, he only threw 44 pitches on Friday. Smith comes back on Sunday and then shuts down the game against Auburn as he throws two-thirds of an inning, so a much shorter outing. So he's really kind of in a flex role. And I would imagine if the game Friday night is very close and Hunter Holland is running out of gas, Hagen Smith is definitely jogging out of that bullpen to finish the game, to take it to the end versus LSU. But the interesting thing is going to be if for some reason LSU runs away with the Friday night game or I can't really see this happening, but if Arkansas runs away with the Friday night game and Smith doesn't throw Friday or Saturday, do they save him to start the game on Sunday in place of Adcock? Something I will be paying attention to, something for y'all to be on lookout for. And the reason why this is important, because I think Arkansas's bullpen is very thin at the moment. They just took Adcock, moved him to Sunday. But in the bullpen, you got two main guys. You got Dylan Carter and Gage Wood. And they really rely heavily, the Arkansas pitching staff, that is, on their starters. They expect those guys to go six to seven because they don't really have a closer or a setup man, it looks like, from looking at the stats and reading the box scores. When that first guy comes in from the pen, it's his job really to take that ball and get them all the way to the end of the game. So you'll see Carter go three innings. You'll see Wood go two to three innings. So it's going to be key for LSU to drive up those starters pitch count and get those guys out the game as soon as possible. Moving on to the hitters. Now, Arkansas lost a ton of production, a ton of leadership, and a ton of power from the 2022 lineup. In the preview episode, I wondered what kind of lineup they have. They had two good returning players, two very good transfers that came in out of the portal. But besides those guys, I didn't see a lot. But it's been kind of some unsung heroes that have really led the way for the Hogs this year in 2023. <clears throat> they are led by outfielder Jace Bowrothen. So Bowrothen was a part-time starter last year, and he only hit 228 in 2022. But this year, Bowrothen is hitting 406 with five home runs for Arkansas. They are also led by Creighton transfer Jared Wegner. So expect him to hit right around that three hole. He's hitting 384 with nine home runs and 33 RBIs. So the nine home runs and the 33 RBIs does lead team this year and he also walks more than he case so very similar to Dylan Cruz so Wagner could be an issue in the middle of that lineup for LSU this weekend at the top of the order expect to see Kansas transfer Tavian Josenberger he's hitting 346 from the leadoff spot three home runs and he does run a little bit with sticks stolen bases and then finally kind of the surprise for me is he was really a reserve or a bench player last year is Kendall Diggs 
So in 2022, Diggs only hit 197 with three home runs. Fast forward to this year, 2023, Diggs already has six home runs to his name. So that's very impressive. And a 344 batting average. So those four guys, the two transfers, the part-time starter, and Bo Roffin in the reserve and Diggs are really doing a great job in surrounding Brady Slavins, who was part of Arkansas starting lineup last year, and then Louisiana native Peyton Stovall. Now, those guys do have good numbers, but I wonder if you asked the Arkansas faithful if, um, not a disappointment, but if you thought those two guys were going to hit better than they are as of right now. So on the year, Slavins is hitting 297 with two home runs, but you compare that to 2022, where Slavins had 16 home runs. Obviously, plenty of time to get hot, but man, it's going to be tough going through that SEC uh, pitching staff that you're going to see to try to up those home run numbers that much. And then the Houghton native, so up around Shreveport, Peyton Stovall, who started last year at Arkansas as a freshman at first base. He has since moved over to second base in his sophomore year. He is hitting 323 with three home runs. And uh, in 2022, if you want to know, Stovall hit 295 with six home runs as a freshman. So those are the guys, if you're an LSU fan, you need to watch out for. Bo Roffin, Wagner, Josenberger, Diggs, and then Slavins, and Stovall. And the other thing, too, Arkansas is going to run a lot of lefties out there. Roughly, uh, you have a couple switch hitters, but you have like three or four true lefties. So I'd imagine you're going to see a heavy dose, up to six lefties in that lineup to face LSU's righties in Skeens, Floyd, and Hurd on the weekend. All right, let's get into my three keys for the weekend. First one, LSU Saturday and Sunday starters, Floyd and Hurd, need to get into the fifth or sixth inning, in my opinion, this weekend for LSU to be successful. We know Skeens is going to do what he does on Friday night. He's probably going to throw a lot of pitches, though, especially if he's striking out a lot of Arkansas hitters. Now, I would love for them to ground out, ground out, fly out, and for him to throw 10 pitches in a couple of those innings. That'd be fabulous. But if Skeens can get into the seventh, that would be massive for this bullpen. But I want to see a little bit of a rebound performance from Hurd and Floyd. I don't think their outings were bad. I just think they were inconsistent. So I think, once again, it's important for them to get off to a clean start, not let Arkansas jump on LSU Saturday and Sunday. And then the other thing I think is going to be important for those two guys, they got to have second pitch for a strike. One of the things I noticed with their outings last weekend, they really only had one pitch for a strike. For Floyd, it was his fastball. I wonder if some of that tight umpire strike zone uh, determined what their pitching plan was moving forward, if they were just going to stick with one pitch. But then for Hurd, you saw some really a lot of inconsistencies with his slider. And he just may not have had for a, feel, a feel for that pitch that day, and that happens as a pitcher. But you saw a lot of change-up, probably 60% change-ups. So I would love for those guys to have some type of a breaking ball for a strike to go along with their fastball this weekend, especially facing that heavy left-handed lineup for Arkansas. So for the first key, Saturday, Sunday starters need to get to the fifth or sixth inning. The second key, LSU's hitters, they need to get into the Arkansas pen early. And this is what I mean. I already mentioned that I think their pen is pretty thin, not weak, but thin. They really only have two guys down there, adding Hagen Smith, that's three guys. If they can drive up their pitch count, which they do a very good job of anyway, and try to have um, Hunter Holland, he's at 50 pitches going into the fourth inning, or he's finished his third inning, he's already at 55 pitches. That's magnificent. You should be ecstatic if you're an LSU fan, seeing those guys, one, work the count, and they got to be having some type of success with getting guys on base and putting pressure on Arkansas. But the problem is, is if Hunter Holland is in the game or McIntyre is in the game on Saturday and it's the sixth inning and they only have 60 pitches, 
that's a problem. That way you're not taxing that bullpen. They only may have to eat up two innings, and it's just one guy eating up two innings. I would love to see them use multiple guys to eat up multiple innings in each game. So can they really get those guys out of the game or at least drive up their pitch count to where in the fifth, Holland's going out there Friday night, and he's got 77 pitches in the fifth, and they already got somebody loose in that Arkansas bullpen on Friday night. The last key to the weekend, who's going to be the unsung hero? Now, you saw it last weekend versus A&M, but on the Aggie side. You saw Tucker come into the game on Sunday. He gets a hit. He makes a diving catch. He draws a walk. He just spurred their rally. He had a lot of energy. The broadcasters talked about how he had been waiting to get an extended appearance so he could prove to these guys that he deserves to be out there more frequently, and he did that on Sunday. So I think when you got these heavyweight matchups in the SEC when they're playing Arkansas, Tennessee, South Carolina, besides Skeens, White, Cruz, Morgan, Dugas, somebody else, either a reliever, a position player that maybe hasn't played a lot, somebody comes off the bench like a Beloso or a Stevenson or a Joe Bear gets inserted on Saturday to face the right-handed pitcher McIntyre, LSU is going to need some type of unsung hero to put them over the line to where not only can they win two out of three, there's a sweep, potentially a possibility. So those are my three keys for the weekend. Saturday, Sunday starters get to the fifth or sixth, get to the Arkansas pen as early as possible, hopefully before the fifth or around the fifth inning. And then finally, who's going to be the unsung hero that helps spur LSU on? That could be they just energize the crowd. They make a good play on defense. They draw a bases loaded walk after fighting off a ton of pitches. Something to where Uncle Mo jumps back on LSU's side and those guys just get rolling. The box goes nuts. And then from there, it's just downhill like LSU can play. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. The get right, stay right list for the weekend. Here are my picks. Get right, Paxton Kling. Probably not a surprise to anybody. Everybody knows he struggled last weekend. He went one for 15 at Texas A&M with eight Ks. But on the year, Kling is still hitting 327, four doubles, three home runs. But that strikeout to walk ratio is climbing. Six walks with 16 Ks. Last weekend didn't help. He got a night off Tuesday night, which didn't surprise me at all. And I would imagine he's going to be back in the lineup to face Hunter Holland on Friday night since Holland is a left-handed pitcher. I think Kling needs to be in the lineup somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they move him down in the lineup, take him out of that leadoff spot to let him relax. But his power, his athleticism needs to be on the bases, and it needs to be in right field as well. The second person on the get-right list, Riley Cooper. He's been a little inconsistent since he's moved to the bullpen, which everybody – well, me. I don't know about everybody, but ultimately I thought that was where he was best suited. And last weekend was just kind of a microcosm of his season so far. A great Saturday. One inning and a third with two hits given up and one K. And then Coop gets rolled out back there again on Sunday. Two-thirds of an inning, two hits, two runs, two earned, and two walks. So very up-and-down outing from Cooper on the weekend in College Station. He looked fabulous in the spring and in the fall. And I just want to see him get back to that 2022 form where you knew what you are going to expect. And I would imagine he's going to have a big role this weekend, both him and Ackenhausen facing all those lefties from Arkansas. So Raleigh Cooper, let's get right, baby. And then finally, I kind of struggle with this because I don't think Hurd is struggling, but that's your Hurd. I put you on the get right list. I just think last weekend was more inconsistency and feel for other pitches besides your fastball and your changeup to an extent. But when you look at his two previous outings, when Hurd faced Butler on that Monday, 
then came back to face Sanford on that Sunday. Combined in those two outings, 11 innings pitched, four hits, three walks, 18 Ks. So very impressive, albeit the competition as they step down from SEC play, which is not a surprise to anybody. But last weekend, Thatcher Hurd goes three and a third, gives up four hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, and four Ks. So I would love to see him have a bounce back weekend. He's going to be in front of the home crowd. He's going to get a ton of support from his teammates and from the home crowd. He gets to sleep in his own bed. The bullpen mounts comfortable. The game mounts comfortable. So I look for Thatcher Hurd to get right and bounce back this weekend versus Arkansas. On the stay right list, I got Josh Pearson. That's right, baby. Pearson got inserted into the starting lineup last weekend versus Texas A&M, and I thought he did a great job. He went four for 12 with five RBIs on the weekend, and on the year, in only 32 ABs, Pearson is hitting 281, two doubles, nine walks. It's super important with only six Ks. And I don't care if he hits leadoff, down in the order, I think Pearson is showing that maturity at the plate, and you're seeing him come on just like he did last year when he got inserted into the starting lineup, and then he seemed like he never left. Next on the stay right list is Gavin Dugas, and I think whatever Dugas does at the plate, his leadership, his skills, and what he means to this team goes way beyond his results. I think he is the glue guy to this team. He is one of the leaders of this team. Last weekend, so-so weekend for Gavin Dugas, two for nine with three RBIs. But on the year, look, he is still hitting 381 with five home runs. And he does a huge job hitting in that five hole now or leading off. But in that five hole, he has the ability to protect Morgan or White if they're hitting in front of him. And that's huge with his ability to get hit by a pitch, drive in runs, take a walk, and then hit for power. Gavin Dugas, stay right, baby. And then finally, Garrett Edwards out of the bullpen. We need you to stay right this weekend. He's been a massive bright spot in the pen. You saw it during some of the scrimmages where he's 94-95 with a wipeout slider. He's kind of taken on that fireman role. And by that, I mean Jay Johnson has put him in tough situations when he's brought him into the game, whether it's runners on second and third with one out, bases loaded and no outs. And Edwards has done a fabulous job of trying to limit the damage and getting out of those tough situations. On the year, Edwards is 3-0 with a 1.12 ERA, 16 innings pitched and six appearances, nine hits, three walks. And his three walks he, were the first ones he gave up all year. They were last weekend, actually, and 16 Ks on the year. And I have a feeling Edwards is going to play an important role again this weekend. And the good thing with him is that you can extend him out, meaning he can go three innings. He's not just a one-and-done guy. I also think he can throw multiple times on the weekend if needed. So Garrett Edwards, stay right, baby. To sum it up, get right, clean, Cooper, Hurd, stay right, Pearson, Dugas, Edwards. All right, so what's my prediction for the weekend? It was, I really want to predict a sweep at home, but I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to be honest. I got the Tigers taking two out of three from the Hogs. We saw last weekend, LSU was very close to a sweep. But AM just took it out of our grasp. You know, we just, uh, that Sunday game just kind of gave away playing with too much fire. And in the end, it came back to bite us. But anytime you can take two out of three games home or on the road in the SEC, that's a win. I will take that all day, every day. I think all of these games are going to be a heavyweight battle. There's going to be multiple ups and downs and ebbs and flows in every game. When you have two top five teams going at it, that's what you expect. I think the pitchers, we're going to have to make some high leverage and high quality pitches in tough situations. I think LSU is going to have their work cut out for them early with Hunter Holland. And then they're going to see a different side of things with right-handed pitcher McIntyre on Saturday. Just another set of challenges. 
The other key is how will Hagen Smith be used versus LSU? And I think if the Tigers can get into that bullpen early and tax those arms and maybe mess up the plan that Dave Van Horn has for the weekend rotation, that would be massive for the Tigers. Two out of three. Let's get the box jumping. Let's get Uncle Mo on our side. Get that place loud, rowdy. Get on those hogs. Do not let them call the hogs in our stadium. And let's take two out of three. I'll take a sweep, but I'll take two out of three, and we can move on to the next weekend. All right, as y'all know, the new thing on the pod this year, at the very end, we do the SEC rundown. So let's look at some of the games that are taking place around the conference in the second series of the year. Last week, I was correct in predicting Vanderbilt with a series win. Florida, South Carolina, LSU, and Arkansas with a series win. I may have not got the number of games they were going to win right, but all in all, I got those teams correct. But I missed on Mizzou and Kentucky. So this weekend, Georgia visits Auburn. Both those teams got swept last weekend. I got the dogs taking two out of three on the Plains. A&M visits Tennessee. Tennessee 0-3 in SEC play. Who would have thought you would have said that? A&M needs some wins as well. I got the Vols bouncing back to take two out of three from the Aggies at home. Mizzou 3-0, USC 3-0. That's going to be a great series at Founders Park in Columbia. I got the Gamecocks winning two out of three at home. Vandy goes to State. State is really struggling. They got thumped last weekend in Lexington as Vandy. One of the surprises of the weekend, they sweep Ole Miss at home. Every now and then, you got to go a little bit different. So I got State taking two out of three at home versus the Commodores. Kentucky visits Alabama. Kentucky is rolling right now. Bama, they had a chance to take two out of three from Florida on the road, but they didn't get it done. So I think Bama defends their home turf as they push the Wildcats back down to reality. So Bama taking two out of three at home. I got Florida, one of the best teams in the country, visiting Ole Miss. Ole Miss is licking their wounds a little bit. They have too much pride. They're a very good program. They're at home with all the beer showers up there in Oxford. Florida's coming in red hot. This is going to be a crazy series. But I got Ole Miss getting back on track, taking two out of three at home from the Gators. So be interesting to see how all that turns out. Some really interesting matchup. And you got some teams on there that really need some wins. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod as we reviewed the LSU versus Central Arkansas game. And then we previewed the upcoming SEC series as the Arkansas Razorbacks come to the box. As always, thank you all for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. A reminder, go subscribe to the YouTube channel so don't miss out on any of the content. And when we do our live streams, when you subscribe, you will get a notification as well. Also follow, and I love the interaction with me on Twitter. Whether we agree, we disagree, it's all in fun. I just love talking college baseball, specifically LSU baseball. But don't forget the Twitter account, at 60FT6INLSUPod. As you all know, the podcast is available at Google, Apple, Spotify, other major audio platforms. I will always link this both in YouTube versions and in podcast forms onto my Twitter account. Make sure you hit that notifications bell on Twitter. So anytime I post something, you get notified. And then stay tuned. The plan is to do instant analysis, so live streams after the Sunday games, a couple hours after those games finish. I may have a work conflict this weekend with some travel, but stay tuned for some details as we look to keep that up. It's been pretty well received. There's not a ton of people tuning in, but I always encourage your questions, your comments, as I have different guests on, kind of a a rotating group of guys that come on after the LSU series ends on Sunday to talk about LSU baseball in an instant analysis, rapid reaction format. 
So until next time, y'all, please stay safe. And as always, go Tigers.